Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. We have it all for you today. Nail biters, upsets, who made some new noise in the Heisman race, and who is actually going to prove on the long run to be the guy that becomes the man. We're going to get into all of that. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. I am your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crockenall. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy. How you doing? I'm hanging in, man. It was a long Saturday, but uh, I'm ready for it. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. It is Sunday morning right now. We're getting ready for a big slate of NFL games. But before we get into watching those games, we wanted to talk about a little bit of what happened this weekend in the games. And there were some upsets, and it kind of started with Penn State against Illinois, 2-5 and five, Illinois, knocking off Penn State. Nobody really saw that coming and had a number of overtimes. And I think a lot of people are kind of shocked by this new overtime rule. But just real quick, what, what are your thoughts just on – Illinois being able to upset Penn State. I, there's a there's a whole laundry list here. Um, the fact that you're coming a program coming off of sanctions that gets up for a team that has been pushing a team that has a really high caliber receiver on their roster, a team that should be in the mix going forward for a conference that I think has to continue to lead the way to to chase Ohio State, et cetera, et cetera, for them to to be up kudos to them but this is also about who wasn't ready to play on the Penn State side and clearly it was everybody um now what I need you to do is explain to me how this overtime thing works because I don't get it <laughs> all right so yeah, new overtime and, and I saw Twitter getting like an uproar like what is this like what are your thoughts on this I got tagged in it a bunch of times but if you aren't familiar with the new overtime rules that really just got implemented I believe this year uh the first overtime uh, I mean the first possession is as usual you start from the 25 and you try to score. If you score a touchdown, you can kick a field goal. You can go for two if you want, but you have the option there. Now, if it goes to a second overtime, this time when you score, you, again, you start from the 25, but once you score, now you have to go for a two-point conversion. All right? <laughs> and if it goes to a third overtime, which clearly happened in this game because it went to nine overtimes, <laughs> now uh, starting with the third overtime, Every possession is just a, it's not really a possession. It's just a two point conversion try. So huh. I don't know if they're trying to every, the game of football is really going away from everything that we've known it to be. They're taking a lot of physicality out of it. And I wonder if this is just another way to maybe preserve guys' bodies or maybe lessen uh, the, you know, the blows that they'll take, but they're going to now it's just, you're at the two point, uh, the, the two yard line or three yard line of college. And you try to score a two-point conversion and that and they just trade off possessions in that way. <laughs> it's it's tough, man. It's touch, it's tough. And this isn't anything that we wanted to talk about, but it's really tough kind of watching certain things with football now because we all love and we enjoy football. That's why we you and I talk about it. That's why the fans listen to us on a daily basis and look at the numbers. You know, we're doing pretty good there, have a good following there. But I know it's really frustrating for the players for us to watch where this game is kind of going. And I think a few years ago we were thinking like, oh man, it's flag football now because guys start getting flagged for hits. But I mean, you go and if you hit somebody too hard, you're thrown out the game. Right. Like, that's ridiculous. They put in all these other rules to kind of soften the game up a little bit. And I watched, I believe it was in the NFL, 
I watched a guy get pushed. It was a quarterback. He just got pushed. They call it roughing the passer. Like, yeah. he didn't fall down. He didn't get hit in the <laughs> head. Like, it was nothing. He threw the ball, got shoved a little bit. He stumbled for a couple yards, uh, you know, stayed on his feet, didn't hit the ground. They threw a flag for roughing the passer. And it's like, come on. I saw a guy score a touchdown. I believe it was a kickoff return. I don't know if you saw this in one of the games. Was it the Pittsburgh game? I can't remember exactly what game it was. But the guy scored, and he kind of, like, started to, like, kind of high step and it was like uh maybe i shouldn't do this and he went into the end zone and whatever they threw a flag called the touchdown back because they said that he kind of started to celebrate before he scored and uh yeah they took they took the touchdown off the board and everything and it's just like man like for for the fans that want to see you know we want to see guys have fun I, mm. I remember listening to nick saban say like be excited be excited for your teammates like celebrate like you work really hard for that and now it's like at the slightest of any type of showboating or talking trash to somebody, they throw a flag. And it's just, it's kind of getting ridiculous, man. Yeah, especially, I mean, you just made a, a big play. I mean, high stepping, no offense, I, I cover a team where a guy does backflips into the end zone. He, he got what he deserved in the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> Don't do that kind of right. stuff. A little bit of high stepping, I mean, to call the play back is kind of ridiculous. I kind of feel like, and all joking aside, I knew that the overtime rules had changed this year. I didn't think it had come to that point. I never honestly expected to get to that point. But it seems like both the NFL and college football now have something in common. And as we hear all this talk about expanding the CFP, right, and getting more playoff games, it feels like everything wants to put less and less wear on players and take the physicality out of it. That's that's one thing. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're just over and over taking three-yard plays, whether it's for a two-point conversion or, or a TD or whatever you want to call it, right? Like, that's just taking less and less out. It's more about mesh concepts and, and, and running crossers and running picks, and it takes all the actual fundamentals of the game out of it, doesn't it? Yeah, and uh, speaking about taking the fundamentals out of the game, man, we had Clemson in a loss <laughs> to uh, Pittsburgh, and I, I didn't look at the, the spread before that game, but shoot, mm-hmm. I mean, you had – Pittsburgh has been the, the better team in the conference. Uh, they have one loss on the year. Uh, Clemson has been kind of falling off the, the train tracks as mm-hmm. of late. And they have DJ Ugulele, who has not been playing well. Now he's kind of like a punchline for, for jokes on a weekly basis on where he's going to play next. But he's just not playing well. Definitely not up to the expectations of – I mean, I think people – it was like a fore, foregone conclusion that next year – he was going to be the number one pick no matter what. Definitely right. not seeing that right now. People are asking where he's going to play next year, where he's going to transfer to. But, I mean, a loss to Pittsburgh and, like, Clemson, it just kind of shows how far down they've kind of fallen just in a, not even a full year after yeah. losing Trevor Lawrence. Well, and ATN, and there's a number there, too. The guy I feel bad for is Ross. We'll, we'll get to him as we get to the evaluations here this offseason. But now it's to the point where evidently – Dad was under, under evaluation, quote unquote. I don't know exactly what that means, but we'll find out. And, and Pickett's become a Heisman candidate. We're going to talk about him coming up later as the quarterbacks are getting there. But I think there's a few more games we got to go over. We'll get to that coming up next. All right, guys, does this sound familiar? You've got all your devices that lets you watch the games live. You got another one that lets you stream your favorite shows and you're watching sports highlights on your favorite phone. And you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the other good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simpler way to get all your entertainment that you love without the hassle 
and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never seen before. So you can actually watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part about it all, there is no annual contract. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about it at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by the package. Go get it right now. Again, that's directtv.com. All right, Ryan, your alma mater, Kansas. They took Woo! on Oklahoma, man, and I'm watching the game. It's 10-0 at halftime. It's 17-14 heading into the fourth quarter. Did you – sometimes Roger. in games like this, and I had this feeling – I had this feeling with I had this feeling with the with the the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl where it it felt like yes we have a lead yes we're up double digits but it's just like gosh I never felt comfortable I never felt safe did you have that feeling in this game as uh as your team Kansas was taking on Oklahoma yeah, absolutely. Especially because you saw some rare performances on that side. Now, this is a program, you know, back when I was there, this is when bowl games were a regularity and that kind of thing. In the years since, it has fallen off. And for this team to, to raise their level of play against a, a team that we just talked about last week being in the mix for the college football playoff, I think that was significant. And for me personally, I really enjoyed seeing the defense really kind of lead that. Yes, they got points on the board, but being able to corral OU's offense, I think, was the big step forward. And you always knew that that shoe was going to drop. It was going to be, could you answer? And I think, except for a couple of questionable calls there, I think for the most part, that was a tighter game than anyone expected. Big disappointment for Sooners, but a big plus for Kansas in the fact that they're going to be going through a process in the next couple of years trying to rebuild the foundation of that program, and, and I'm here for it. I, I I watched something recently on on Kansas, like maybe a year ago or so, and it was like Les Miles. That was the head coach, right? Les Miles mm -hmm. a, a couple years ago. Yep. And one one thing I took away from that was, gosh, dang, this dude is old, right? Like you look at Pete Carroll, and like he still looks like young, energetic, youthful. Mm -hmm. Even look at older guys like, um, you know, Bill Parcells. He's like kind of grumpy, but he still looks like. <laughs> young and like he still looks like young, but he's just grumpy. Well, Les Miles looks right, like you'd never know that like I'm 63 dude, like, years you look old. Like right? You're gonna have to be in the old folks' home <laughs> a little bit. How has that transition been with the new head coach and maybe where uh KU is headed? You know, and that's the big question is Miles was brought in to be the big name to get the recruiting back off the ground and what it's been for them for the last I don't know since Mangini left to tell you the truth. And I think that showed a little bit. I mean. Kwame Lazar is a, is a legacy there, but you see some transfer. You see, um, honestly, Neil's a, a hometown running back. That's that's always nice to see too, right? But I think that the recruiting got better. They're going to have to make that transition. I think that there's better days ahead, but they, they are going to have to expand that, and the big thing comes down to quarterback play, and I think they're on the right track with B. All right, so there are a couple other games that happen in the Pac-12, and, you know, we always want to show – I'm from the West Coast, so I like to show a little bit of love to the Pac-12 schools. And there was a big game, UCLA against Oregon. UCLA was actually favored by a point, but mm -hmm. ultimately they ended up losing to Oregon down the stretch. I thought UCLA fought hard. I kind of want to get – before we get into some of these standout players from Oregon, I want to give UCLA a little bit of flowers because Chip Kelly, when he took over, it looked like a mess. And even the previous year, it looked like a mess. And I'm just like, man, as long as he's there, like, they're just going to be sorry. 
And that's what it was looking like. But I don't know if it's maybe DTR coming into his home as the quarterback of that, like where he's just kind of – he's getting better each year. And I hope he sticks around another year. Obviously, mm-hmm. he, he needs it. I don't think he's viewed as a top prospect. But I do think if they can keep him for another year, UCLA is kind of heading in the right direction. Uh, obviously, the, you know, the, the running back that they got, uh, Charbonnet from uh, 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 Michigan – the transfer from Michigan, he's been doing extremely well. UCLA fought, but there's one person that continued to wreck this game, and he goes by the name of Thibodeau. Yeah. I mean, this guy, and I don't know how much of this game you watch, but coming off of that edge, they they did some things where it's like one play, key play too, is third down, is right before halftime. They're in the red zone. They have an opportunity to score, and they leave Thibodeau one-on-one with the tight end. Right. And not even like I was thinking maybe maybe they're gonna double him with the tight end. Or okay, got the tight end there. Let's chip block him with the running back. There was none of that. It was just one-on-one with the tight end, and he just blew right by him, muscled him, get out of my way, and crushed DTR. And really there was a fumble. UCLA was kind of lucky to get the ball back, but right man, I mean, this is this guy is a game wrecker. And I think after that game, he had a couple sacks that um that I saw. Most people we're kind of just saying this is the surefire number one overall, not just prospect, but draft pick in the upcoming draft. What are kind of your thoughts on on him as a prospect and what you're kind of expecting with him moving forward? You know, one, if you're not going to block him or you're only going to give him a tight end, that's got to be a speed out on the other side or an option the right. other side. Get out the way. Uh, but, but yeah, I agree with you. Like, it was a little bit telling, and I do think the DTR needs to stay there, not only for his sake to continue to develop, um, but for the sake of the program as well. And I think that they can both benefit from that. Kudos to Chip for getting that back off the ground. He's another coach I think tried the NFL, and clearly his home is in college football, and I'm, I'm glad to see that coming along. For Thibodeau, though, like I, I've been back and forth. I was starting to think that it was a little bit of overhype, right? He's got a good percentage. We talked about pass rushers a lot last week, but for me it was not just – I didn't see either of the sacks because I was flipping around back and forth to games, right? The big thing for me was four and a half DFLs. You get tackles yeah. for loss, that makes a difference. It, it doesn't have to be the sack. If you get negative plays as your defense, I think you're making the impact that a true star does. And so it's certainly on the defensive side. Now, this is the NFL draft we're talking about, right? And they're going to put quarterbacks up top no matter where they are or where they come from. But I think there's a chance, given everything that we've talked about the last couple of weeks with quarterback class, that he could be the number one overall. Yeah, and I mean it, it's weird because he is not weird, but he is a person when you kind of look at him and look at his physique and his body, he's he's a longer guy. I want to say he's like what's that, like six five or something like that, but he's not like extremely heavy, but plays this really good brand of football. He's strong, he has mm-hmm. good bend, good flexibility. I know they look for those type of things as from edge rushers coming off of that edge. He looks like he possesses all of that. And it's really the the overall full package and He's kind of playing on a flat tire a little bit. Has that ankle taped up. Uh, missed some time early in the season. I know we had questioned if he was even going to play again. Like, is it worth it when you are clear-cut the guy? and going to be, you know, a top pick regardless. But he came back, shows how much he, you know, probably loves the game and loves to play the game of football. But, uh, yeah, he was terrific. And then one last team from the Pac-12. We had UCLA against Notre Dame. Notre Dame ended up pulling this game out. But Drake London, we talked about him Previously, I've been talking about him a few times on the show now, and he just continues to really just go crazy. And they're getting him the ball every which way. Uh, 15 
receptions in this game for 171 yards. It seems like these are numbers he's doing every year. Yeah. He actually tied the record for the most receptions against Notre Dame. The guy that actually uh, had 15 previously, and which was the record, was one of my boys, Jalen Saunders, man, from my hometown, Stock, California. Um, he was one of the guys that played at Fresno State with Derek Carr. So Derek Carr had uh, four receivers that all went to the NFL. So you had Devontae Adams, Jalen Saunders, who ended up transferring to Oklahoma, uh, Devontae Adams, Jalen Saunders, Josh Harper, and Isaiah Burst. And all of them, I know I know all those dudes, except for I'm not as cool with, like, Devontae Adams. I've been around him a little bit. But the other guys, I've worked out with them. I trained with them when I was still playing pro ball. They were young pups. And I was like, man, you guys are special, man, because they whooped <laughs> me a couple times, and I was a little bit older than them. But uh, Jalen Saunders, he had the record. But anyways, uh, shout out to uh, my Stockton homie. But you got you got you got Drake London again, 15 catches, 171 yards. Seems like he's doing this every week, and he's not like the fastest of guys. But it just seems mm-hmm. like no matter what, he always wins. How how do you gauge him transitioning to the NFL? Right, a guy who is six five, two ten, and he's kind of come to like Mike Evans, but then you realize he's 25 pounds lighter than Mike Evans. Right, <laughs> but has the same height. Uh, but 6'5", 215, but isn't like the fastest of guys. Will he struggle to maybe create separation? But he just wins, and he wins consistently. How do you feel a guy like that, and that skill set translating to the NFL? I I think you hit on the big key for me for London is the fact that he can run routes pretty well, especially for a guy his size. You're right. He always gets that Evans comparison, but I don't think their games are that similar. He is great at the catch point. His focus is very impressive. His hands are really strong, and I think that's that's going to make him catches in the NFL because I don't think he's going to be able to separate very much in uh, maybe the first two seasons. I think eventually he will get to. You saw that double move last night. They made a big deal out of it. Yes, the DB fell off there as well, but if he can refine that, I think that will allow him to get himself in more of those body position type spots where he can maximize the fact that he can highball and he can have those strong hands. And I don't think he'll be a guy that, like Evans, has ever really broke free free, but he's going to make a lot of catch in the NFL. I hope that he does it. And the other guy, I'm going to start calling this team D&D, by the way, because of uh, Drake and Drake. Because Drake Jackson was really interesting to me. I was watching him most of the time, especially down the stretch. Now, he came off the field. When they got that last possession, he was off the field for a couple of snaps. And that made me question some things. We'll, I'll have to check into that. But I thought you saw the evolution there. I thought he was very – much questionable motor earlier in the season. I thought you saw him power through some things. I thought he used his length better this game. Um, they were attacking him too with the power run, that that power QB toss, right? Um, the guard yeah. kept coming out and smacking him, but he started to adapt. He started to get around it. And so, like, I still think he's a pretty raw prospect in terms of overall evolution, but I think he's definitely made himself some headway this season. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that are doing that, whether it's on the Heisman side or somewhere else, we're going to get into them next. Hey, college football fans, this is your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back Eric Crocker with an incredible app for everyone who buys gas and needs to know about this. It's GetUpside. My my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in your app store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL or baseball for MLB or hockey for NHL and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. And if you guys are like me, you guys know gas prices across the country right now, they are 
crazy. They are outrageous. I actually live in the South where it's a little bit cheaper, but even $3 a gallon is getting up there in price. California, I've seen up over $5 a gallon. So make sure you guys get this, man. Get upside right now. Don't pay full price at a pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. All right? To get the 50 percent uh 50 cent gallon cash back on your first tank some people who drive a lot more are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month back in cash all right and listen there is no catch that's cash back gets added right into your account you can cash out anytime in your bank account paypal or an e-gift card for amazon and other brands all right just download free get upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Let's go right now. All right, guys. If you haven't tried the Built Bar by now, what are you doing, man? You are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it really doesn't taste like one. I mean, they taste more like a candy bar. Even my kids love them. All right? You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. All right? Most protein bars are chalky or waxy, and it's just plain hard to just eat. All right? But a Built Bar is soft covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you are eating something different. I mean, come on now. It's really good. And it's more of an experience, one that you'll really enjoy. In fact, you'll swear that you're eating a candy bar. Like I said before, Built Bars are low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of being just purely delicious with so many flavors. Another great thing about Built Bar, there are so many mouthwatering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, I mean, man, brownie, coconut, my favorite, my wife's favorite, salted caramel. I mean, they got the double chocolate. And my daughter, for some reason, really loves the cherry barcia. All right. This month, Built is coming out with a new limited flavors every three to four days. So check their website out and check it out often. You don't want to miss out. All right. So go to BuiltBar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order right now. Again, use promo code LOCKED15, all right? LOCKED15 for your 15% off at Built.com. Let's go. Don't wait. Do that right now. All right, here we go. So we're going to close this out by talking about really kind of a couple quarterbacks in these situations. All right. So yeah, Cincinnati, and we want to talk about like, is Cincinnati a true number two overall team in the nation? They've kind of been ranked between number two and number three, but they have a nail biter to Navy. And it takes everything to kind of pull this game off. And Desmond Ritter, again, doesn't have like this great, great game. And I'm looking at it and obviously he did enough to win, but a lot of the, excuse me, the games that they are winning, it's, it's not really like, in the fashion of what you would typically see from the number two overall team, especially since they're not playing that level of competition. Now they did beat Notre Dame and that's a terrific win, but outside Mm -hmm. of that, everything has been just a little bit more pedestrian and not really like dominant, like we're used to seeing. So kind of what are your thoughts a little bit on just, is Cincinnati a true number two overall team to you? To me, I I don't think I can go there. If I'm a voter, they're not number two to me. I mean, when it comes down to it, there's two programs right now that are are being the big dog bully spanking programs they should be spanking. And I know everybody's sad that Georgia had the weekend off. That's all right. They're going to be back. And I know, stop me if you've heard this before, Alabama's doing the same thing. You saw what happened to Tennessee as well, right? Beyond that, you saw Oklahoma stumble. You saw 
should a Navy program even push Cincinnati at this point where we're talking about the quarterback caliber and a couple of guys well, on defense that we were pretty high on as well? Yeah. Well, like, okay, I'm looking at the, the top 10 right now. And I would feel just because of the level of competition that these guys play, you know, week in and week out, you know, obviously Alabama is like, they have a loss. I would still like to, you know, see them kind of over Cincinnati, but I know you just can't put them over that because, you know, well, Cincinnati's undefeated. But you got Oklahoma at 8-0, and even them, they've been a little questionable. Maybe maybe it's just as simple as say, maybe there's just not that pure dominant team outside of Georgia this year. But mm-hmm. Michigan, Michigan is undefeated. They're 7-0. Like, you know, so I'm looking at it and like, would, would you rather see Michigan in the college football playoffs or Cincinnati? Here's my question. It all comes down to me if I'm a voter, and that's the nice thing about college football. It's not just simply the math of your win and loss percentage, right? Who has a chance to beat Georgia? Right. Because that, that's what it all comes down to me. I want a competitive CFP. That's what I'm looking for. And that's that's the toss-up because I think when you look at, at quarterback play in particular, I think Cincinnati has the edge over Michigan there. Like when you look overall rounded program, is Ohio State supposed to be in there? I, I don't know. There's the one loss teams that I think might have an, an argument this year, maybe more so than the years past. Yeah, man. And uh, real quick, we've got Ohio State, who another team that's near the top. They have one loss to Oregon. And I kind of want to touch on touch on their like quarterback situation a little bit because CJ Stroud, he took he took a lot of flack early on. We're talking about somebody who's coming in, he's a red shirt freshman, you know, obviously doesn't have a whole lot of experience playing the game. Took a tough loss to Oregon, even the game before that, which I believe it was Minnesota, where they won. But it was like, ah, oh, it's not really all that pretty. He has turned up since then. I mean, on the season, 22 touchdowns, three interceptions. And he's playing football at a high level. They just crushed a school yesterday, beat uh, Indiana. I think it was like 54 to like zero or something crazy like that. But seven. I want to know Give what's going to happen with him. Because obviously, uh, you know, they're, they're playing a high-level football and Stroud looks like he's turning it on. But they also recruited this guy. And I know you're not too into high school football right now, but Quinn Ewers, and a lot of people might know a little bit more about this. Quinn, he's like this high-profile quarterback right now. Five-star guy. They're talking about he's going to go to Ohio State early and, you know, enroll early. And you mm. got C.J. Stroud there who's turning up now and he's playing a high-level football but. Do you think that there's an opportunity for a, a situation like we saw with Clemson a few years back where Kelly Bryant was a quarterback just coming off of a national championship appearance at lost to Alabama, but they bring this guy in, Trevor Lawrence, and midway through the season, Trevor Lawrence ends up taking over and ultimately ultimately winning a national title. Quinn Ears, I know you don't know much about him yet, but you you will soon. Do you think that something like that could happen to C.J. Stroud, who's actually playing at a high level right now for Ohio State? I mean, is Ryan Day's job on the line? I'm not so sure. There's there's rumor about Ryan Day and LSU, though, right? So if there's a new coach in there, what oh, does wow. that do, right? Like, wh- what does a new coach take that from? For me, there's no way. There's plenty of time for a freshman to come in, and I don't. if he's all world, he's all world. And, and high school players that are listening, I'm glad you guys are making inroads. You are the future of this game so good for you but I take the time with a guy that I know can run my offense that can do what I asked him to do I mean let, let's just look like you said he's been he's been climbing right and I'm not so worried about the yardage uh particularly in the Big Ten but 21 for 28 75 percent completion percentage and a four to one touchdown ownership ratio that's those are the number two 
number one and two stats that I look at for quarterback play. Yeah. You can't ask for a whole lot more than that. So, like, I, I, there's no way that I would take him out of there myself. Right. We'll get into more of the Ohio State situation, the quarterback situation, and more draft prospects on the show this week. Uh, Ryan, appreciate you coming on this Sunday morning, taking some time away from the family and some football, but got a long stay of the game. My 49ers, they play the night game tonight. So make sure you guys, if you don't already, listen to Locked On Chiefs with my guy Ryan Tracy and also Locked On 49ers with myself and my co-host Brian Peacock. But until next time, we'll see y'all. Peace.